Hey everyone, welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast, where our aim is to help you live and love like Jesus. I'm Lauren Hlaud, one of the pastors of Prince of Peace. We're glad that you're here and we hope you enjoy. I can, I can still see it. it. It is just vivid in my mind's eye. The most beautiful object in my childhood home. It was about this wide. It was about this tall. And it sat in the far corner of the kitchen on top of the counter, kind of where the, the two parts of the counter come to a V, the, the part of the counter that for a four or five-year-old would be really hard to reach with little hands. The cookie jar. That's right. It was beautiful in our home. I remember being mesmerized by this cookie jar. It, it was a, um, I, don't, I don't know pottery. What's pottery made of? Porcelain or ceramic or something, right? Something like that. It was glazed and, and it had embossed on it uh, a teddy bear with, with, a, with a big full belly and it had little crumbs of cookies by his feet. And I remember just being in love with that teddy bear and that cookie jar and I got really good at sneaking cookies, like an expert cookie sneaker. And I knew the rules in, in the house. I knew that we only got cookies after school for an after school snack or after dinner for dessert. No cookies before breakfast or after breakfast or definitely not before noon in our household. But what mama don't know won't hurt her. So I got good at it. And, and I learned that even though I was little and I couldn't really reach it, there was a knob on one of the drawers, and if I put my right foot on the knob and my left hand on the counter, I could push myself up and I could grab that cookie jar. And, and I, I was really good at doing this, but you had to be careful, right? Because the, the lid of the cookie jar, can you still hear the sound of it as it cling? So mom had to be in the basement doing laundry or upstairs curling her hair, or I don't know what she did, but whenever she was away, that was my chance to steal cookies. And one day in particular, I had my right foot on the knob and my left hand on the thing, and I reached the cookie jar close, and I, ting, no sound at all, right? And there were my favorite cookies, um, chocolate chip, oatmeal chocolate chip, right? If it was oatmeal raisin, I would just clang that lid right back. I didn't even care. That was my protest to my mom. How dare you buy those? But there they were, oatmeal, chocolate chip. I think I ate three or four right there on the counter, just num, 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 num. And then I had my hand in there reaching again, and all of a sudden, I hear, <coughs> Lorne Robert. Anyone else's mom only say their middle name when you're in trouble, right? Lorne Robert turn around and I'm on the counter and I'm frozen. Did you eat cookies? No. No, I did not. No. Are you sure, Lauren, that you, you, you haven't been eating? No, I was going to get one, but I haven't eaten one yet. I promise. Really, Lauren? No, I swear, mom, I haven't eaten any cookies. Follow me, Lauren. We go upstairs to the kitchen or to the bathroom. Look in the mirror. There's chocolate. <laughs> There's cookie crumbs. 
He said, why did you lie to me? Why did you lie to me? And I remember not really having an answer for her uh, in that moment. There I was wallowing in my shame and, you know, a little smile on the side because I got three or four in. (laughs) But now that I'm a parent and I've got little ones with searching hands, uh, it's coming back to haunt me, right? So I have permission to kind of throw Brianna under the bus. So I don't want anyone here to send me an email after service today saying, how dare you do that to your daughter? Becca, if you're watching at home, I got her permission. (laughs) Your children are uniquely who they are, right? So maybe you have a child who just cannot tell a lie. Anyone have a kid like that? They just always tell the truth. No matter what, you can count on them. This one's going to tell me the truth. It's no, she said it, not me. <laughs> Brianna is like a little version of me. And, and every now and then she's gotten really good. Lately it's York peppermint patties, isn't it? Yes, York peppermint patties. And we keep them way up there. Somehow they'll, they'll get a chair all the way across the kitchen without me hearing it. They'll open the door and get up there for York's. And you know, every now and then when Brianna or Noah, he's done it too, they get caught every now and then. Hey, did, were you sneaking something? No. No, I didn't. I swear, I didn't. And I've started to reflect on that. What, what, is that, what is that inclination in us to not tell the truth, just not tell the truth? And I think, you know, reflecting on Brianna, reflecting on young Lauren, I think it has something to do with fear, Right? This isn't rocket science, but, but I think fear is at play. And I think at least for me, I was scared that day in the kitchen to tell my mom the truth that I ate three or four cookies, uh, let alone that I was trying to sneak one. I got caught there, but I was afraid if she knew that I really broke the rules, then I would be punished, right? And maybe I deserved it. Consequences? But I was afraid of them. And I think if we move beyond the cookie jar and we begin to really think about our lives at a grander scale, I think fear is often such a strong force at play that sometimes can prevent us from from telling the truth. And not just the truth if if you did something right or if you've done something wrong, but but the deeper truth inside of us, right? The, 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 The truth about our emotional state what we're feeling in our relationships with coworkers or colleagues or your spouse, a significant other, your, your child. Sometimes we, we, we mute ourselves. We, we shut off the truth of expressing how we're really doing or we're really feeling or maybe what we really think about something, right? We all know the feeling of, of sort of uh, putting a zipper on our lips to, to not speak our truth because we're afraid of how that person might react. And I think if we're not careful, this concept of fear, the fear of a reaction, the fear of consequences, the fear of maybe a relationship being severed, it, it, it keeps us silent for too long. And then we sort of bottle it up inside and, and well, it's still swirling around in there, isn't it? It, it? it doesn't really have any place to go. And one of the other temptations that I think is at play when it comes to, to fear is that fear can, it can drive us to, to desire um, a warm blanket, right? And what I mean by that is, how many of you right now um, are just, can't bring yourself to looking at the news? 
are having a hard time in the constant cycle that we've been in for, it seems like it's been ramped up over the last couple of years, that, that we just want to turn off all of those things that, that cause fear in us or bring up emotion, and we'd rather just retreat away and, and be in a cocoon. And I can't tell you how many sermons or after how many sermons we've preached over the last couple of years. Pastor Jonathan and I both hear it. Um, it's an, it comes from an honest place. P- people often say, gosh, I wish that we could just come to church and sing Amazing Grace and sit and feel like we're in a warm, cozy environment. I don't want to hear about the world. It's too much for me. And I get that. I get where that comes from. But there's a danger in that. There's a danger in holding inside or, or turning our eyes away from the reality of the world you see here in Luke's gospel, Jesus, um, Jesus is full throttle into his ministry at this point. He's, he's taught crowds of people. He's encouraged people through preaching. He's performed miraculous signs. He's, he's, uh, he's ignited the faith inside of so many people who are now calling him Lord and Messiah. But at the same time, there are others who are not so happy about his gospel, about his proclamation. And we know this to be true. The religious leaders and authorities by now are sort of spreading lies and rumors about him. They're disgruntled with his teaching. He's a rabbi unlike any other. He's breaking conventional rules. He's ruffling feathers. But then we hear today that some of those Pharisees who are often critical of him, they approach and they say, hey, Jesus, you should maybe quiet down because Herod wants to kill you. And this wasn't an idle threat. Herod had John the Baptist beheaded. Maybe you should just be quiet. Maybe you should just keep your truth inside of you and and retreat away. And I love his response, right? It's so bold. He says, you tell that fox love that line. You tell that fox, I have work to do. I'm busy. (laughs) I have work to do today, tomorrow, and on the third day, I'll finish my work, right? And then he goes on to say, but you know what? The truth is, I'm not scared of Herod because I'm not in Jerusalem yet. And you know, don't even get me started. And then Jesus begins to lament. He's lamenting. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets. In other words, what he's saying is, Oh, Jerusalem, how many times has God sent a messenger to remind the people of their identity and their true mission, their identity to be a city on a hill, a light to all nations, to live in love and welcome the stranger in? How many times has a prophet come to Jerusalem and what has Jerusalem done? They've silenced the truth tellers. They've shut the prophets up. They've stoned them. They've driven them out. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. And then Jesus uh, lets us in to the, to the heart of God here, and it's, it's a really interesting contrast. He says, how I've longed to be like a, a mother hen, folding in her chicks, her brood. And co- now, now compare that to what he describes Herod as, a fox. Now which of us, if we're honest, if we were starting a new franchise, a new sports team, right? or maybe your little league team, you get to name it, right? You get to pick your team name. Would you rather uh, be the fox 
right? Shrewd, cunning, fast, swift, or the chickens. <laughs> we live in a culture that, that would probably pick the fox, right? But think of the contrast. He's describing those that want to silence the truth as foxes. People who like to divide the flock. That's what a fox does. A fox comes in with fear and with violence and with rhetoric, comes in to divide and scatter the flock. But a mother hen, in contrast, gathers the flock together. Gathers them together to remind them that they belong to the fold. Jesus in the face of great fear, great threat, continues to remember his identity as a beloved child of God and continues to press forward in his mission to tell the truth. To tell the truth. That love and life are more powerful than dominion and empire and power and control. That God's love is available for all people that God desires to gather all people together. And I think what made so many people angry about his message, right, was that he truly was proclaiming this message for all people. The Roman centurion's, uh, the, the soldier's son and daughter, he said, this is for you, even you, who are the occupied force here. God's love and healing is for you, for the Samaritan woman and those on the edge of society that were looked past, Jesus said, you are a part of the fold. Come home for you, the faithful Jewish people, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. This message is for you if you have ears to hear. And this message of love and, and of a new possi- possibility of God's kingdom breaking in, I think it threatened people who were so used to having control over the way things were over power structures and systems and dynamics. And, and yet Jesus just stayed the course all the way, all the way through his crucifixion. He stayed the course with the message of love and peace, that God's love was bigger even than the crucifying act. God's love would be more powerful. So our encouragement this week is to, is to remember our identity, Remember who we are. We are like a little chick, a part of God's mothering fold. And even though we wander and we certainly get scattered by the foxes of this world, they're everywhere, right? The voices of division and, and, and that make us feel afraid and small and, and make us hide up in the, in the chicken coop. <laughs> the, the mothering hen says, come out into the yard. Come on. It's okay. Our challenge is to is to remember that God is trying to gather us for a greater purpose. So I want you to be thinking, what truth or truths are you avoiding? What is hard for you to to stand for, to, to speak out about? But how can that truth within you, that gospel truth, come out in a powerful way, knowing that that God is in control and that God has you. God will hold you. God will gather you. God will redeem whatever it might be. We often grow so fearful of, of speaking the truth. or whether it's, whether it's the truth of our emotional state, how many of us uh, sometimes grow afraid to, to tell our, 
our family or our friends or our significant others that, that we're struggling, that, that we need to talk? <laughs> what would it look like if we just, we just shared it? We just shared it, hoping and trusting that it would be received with understanding and mercy and grace. What would it look like for you to, 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 not, to no longer just be quiet when you hear something that's really insensitive or really cruel, racist, or filled with bigotry? What would it look like for you to say, you know what, um, I'm not comfortable with what you just said. Let's, let's elevate this conversation to a higher plane. What would it look like for us to be people like the Christ who continued to tell the truth? Never in an effort to condemn people or smite them, but to raise them to a higher plane. That, that is a challenge, but it's a challenge worth accepting. So may we all together be people of the truth. People who remember that the true truth is the Christ love incarnate. And that love is more powerful than any divisive behavior of any foxes of this world. Amen? Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast. I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. Have a great rest of the week.